Hey there, friend. Before we jump into the show today with Scott Bywater, I want to quickly remind you that the pre-sale is still going on for the Ignite Your Light journal. So many amazing discounts are still available. If this is your year to anchor your life and business in your faith and take extraordinary action, this journal is for you. Place your pre-order today. The link is in the show notes. Now let's jump into today's episode all about email content. Welcome to the Boss Lady in Sweatpants show. I'm your host, Allison Scholes, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you ditch the overwhelm and comparison and teach you how to create less but better content with ease and build an extraordinary brand and business, but do it in a way that is aligned with your soul and makes you crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with faith-led episodes about content creation, social media marketing, and business growth with a side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, then it's time to hand your kiddos those tablets, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My guest today, Scott Bywater, and I will be chatting about content marketing, but not about social media content. We're talking about email content. That's right. Let's get those emails out to your list, get them open, read, and get you selling without feeling salesy. So let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Scott. Yeah, thanks, Allison. It's uh, it's great to be here. And I'm excited to have you here because I'm usually the one always talking about like social media, even though I haven't lately. And so it's nice to bring somebody on to talk about other aspects of our business, like our email list and our website that are really the foundation to our business. So we don't have to rely on social media. But before we get into email content, give us a brief overview of your background and why you think our email list is the most undervalued asset in our business. Yeah, no, great, great, uh, great question. So so my background, uh, I started in, I guess, the marketing and copywriting world. I probably started in sales when I was about 17 and did that for about seven years and then moved into copywriting at, yeah, at, at about the age of 24. So I've been doing this for about 21 years. But when I started my business, I started my business with a, with a classified ad and that's how it kicked off. And I struggled for, for quite some time. Uh, until I came across a guy and he's like, you know, this is what you do. You get people on your email list and then you email them. And I started to do this. I got people on the email list. I started to email them and everything became more magnetic instead of be going out there and knocking on doors. Cause I was, I was cold call telemarketing when I was 17, right. And then wow. doing door to door sales and that sort of thing. So I can, I can handle rejection and all of that sort of thing, but it just makes the whole sales process so much tougher, particularly today because nobody answers their phones, right? So, so right. it makes it really, really difficult. So, um, so what I found when I started to do this, and it didn't necessarily happen immediately, but within a month or two, leads were coming through, the conversion rate was much higher, and it just made the business so much more magnetic. So. I've been in love with email email ever since. I went through a period where I sent an email every weekday for 
10 years, I think it was, to my own wow. list. Yeah, I've done I've done launches for clients which have brought in you know, up to a million dollars in in literally within a week using email and 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 lots of launches that are brought in you know thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands and it's still working we were doing uh emails as as recently as last month where i had a client we were doing email and it was only a reasonably small list but we're doing emails getting people on webinars and i think he brought in about fifty thousand dollars within that within that first month so yeah it's, it's a very powerful uh and underrated communication method well and i think too with the explosion of social media everyone says social media is where it's at but i think your post and all of that just gets diluted and buried so quickly but when you personalize an email and they get that in their inbox and you know if you do it right and you've got their name in there and your personality is in there and there's a connection level you got them and they're going to stick with you Yes, yes, and you own the list, right? So there's a there's a couple of there's a couple of things there. When you post on social, you can be all sorts of things can happen, right? You can be shadow banned, you could be kicked off, you could have. I mean, you're you're not in control of the platform. So my my suggestion with social is try and pull them from social across to your own uh, infrastructure and your own network. So still use social. But what email does, it makes everything work better. So even if you're using your paid ads, if you're using social, if you're using YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, any of these, any of these methodologies, the email, email is what will build relationships with them over the long term. And what's more, you can make offers in email, whereas that's, that's quite difficult to do with socials because it's, it's just not the right it's not the right it's a little bit like going out to lunch with your friends and pulling out a brochure and trying to pitch them while you're at lunch it's just not the right social etiquette right and people people don't like it so it's with email that you've got a lot more freedom to to do that yeah i totally agree and now we're just going to dive right into the goods um and before we do let the audience know where you're from cuz i'm sure they're listening and they're hearing your awesome accent. So where are you today and what time is it? I want to know what time it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm in Wollongong in Australia, which is, you know, it's it's a little bit like uh, Los, San Diego is to Los Angeles. We are okay. to Sydney. So we're like 60 to 90 minutes south of, of Sydney. And yeah, in terms of the time, we are seven forty-three a.m. So, but we're the next day, so we're ne- at, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, depending on who I'm talking to in the U.S., we, we we tend to be like sixteen hours or fourteen hours or eighteen hours, that sort of thing ahead, which takes a while to get used to. But you do get used to it after you talk to U.S. Uh, people a lot. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. I'm really glad that we connected. So here is my first loaded question. How can we quickly create some compelling content ideas for our email list? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's two things that generally hold people back with email. 
One is they don't know what to write about. And it would be the same with social media, right? It's like, what do I write about? Which is really tricky. And the second thing is then even if they do know what to write about, they're staring at a blank screen, right? And they get like the yeah, the blank screen-itis uh, situation. So how do you overcome that? Well, the first thing it always comes back to with anything copy is is getting really clear on your research and entering the conversation going on in your customer's mind. And what I like to do here is get really clear on the fears, pains, desires, beliefs, problems, objections, all yeah, benefits, all of that sort of thing about my customer. So how do you do that at speed, right? Because I know your audience uh, is you know, a lot of busy, you know, busy mums, busy women, don't have a lot of time on your hand. How do you actually do that quickly rather than sit down and go, well, I don't know what my customer's fears are. So the really, what AI allows you to do that is to work that out really quickly. Yeah, so you can put that into ChatGPT or Jasper and ask about those fears, ask about those pains, ask about those desires uh, based on your actual target market. And you need to know, sort of what prompts to to use, but it's not difficult. And then it'll spit it out faster than you can think, right? So you'll you'll have 10 fears in like five seconds or 10 seconds. It's like really, really quick. So then then from there, you can go, okay, based on this fear, what are some content pieces or some some emails that we can send out to our list? And you punch that in and it'll tell you exactly what those what those content pieces are. So all of a sudden, you'll have a hundred things that you can write about. Like so, so just in a very simple equation, right? You get ten fears, ten pains, ten desires, ten beliefs. Okay, and you could get fifty of them, but you've got ten of them, and then you ask for ten, uh, let's say, ten email ideas about the desire to make more. I mean, to 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 make more money as a coach or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you'll get those answers very, very quickly. And then you can build, that's how you can build out your content calendar, your email calendar, your social media calendar, all of that sort of thing. So basically my takeaway is it's important when you are creating the content is you're meeting your customer or your ideal audience where they're at now. And then you transition to what is possible, showing them the possibilities. Yes. Yeah. Well, Robert Collier said, like, the number one thing is you enter the conversation going on in your customer's mind, right? So if you don't know what that conversation is, then you're not going to be able to communicate with them in a meaningful in a meaningful way. Like, I can write amazing copy, but if it doesn't matter to you, it's not amazing. It's not going to get you to move. It's not going to get you to act uh, if you're not do- if you're not doing that. So that is number one. But yeah, then then from there, once you once you're writing it, you want to have a segue because what what a lot of people do as well with their emails is they will do you know, they, they either go one of two ways. They do the scorched earth approach where it's just pitch, 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 pitch. Or on the flip side, they go they go down the love letters approach where it's like amazing content and it's helping people, but you're never making an offer and then you're not making sales. That doesn't serve anyone because if you're not monetizing it, you're running a business, then you're not going to be able to do it 
for long. Uh, and email is, is such a way, you know, it's a way to really make a difference in people's lives as well. Because if you're communicating amazing content, uh, it actually does, you know, it does help people. Uh, and then fr from there, so what you want to be doing is what I call the third way, which is down the middle, where in the same email, you can be doing, giving amazing content and writing these love letters, but also making an offer and doing a pitch so that you're actually turning those, yeah, that interest into appointments. And the pitch doesn't even need to be like a hard pitch. You can pitch into say, like one of the things I'm a really big fan of and that's working quite well is you could create six reports. Like let's say you're, I don't know, an accountant, right? There's lots of things that your target market is interested in. They're interested in uh, over there, uh, over here, it's superannuation. Over there, I think it's 401ks, mm -hmm. right? They're interested in, uh, you know, saving on tax. They're interested in financial planning. Yeah, they're interested in so many things. They're interested, yeah, if you've got business clients, they might be interested in, say, like having a virtual uh, CFO, those sort of those sort of things or tax planning. So, so, so even just what I've mentioned there, and I don't understand the accounting industry in detail, but I've come up with five, right? So you could have five reports around those topics. So then if you're writing about tax planning, for example, you're writing content about that, then at the end of it, you're saying, hey, download my report. After I download your report, I then get put on a different sequence, which is specifically about tax planning. And I get an offer to book in an appointment about tax planning. So you're literally, you're, the, the idea is that with your email is to book your calendar solid. And this is really powerful, particularly if you're busy. And, you know, like I know a lot of your your listeners are sort of solopreneurs and, and that sort of thing. So, and you don't have like massive resources, right? So where it's, where it's just so powerful is you don't have to spend money to to send emails to your list. Yes, you might have to pay yeah, $50 a month, $100 a month, whatever, to have a CRM which sends them out. But it's not like you've got to pay Facebook or Google or YouTube any money to get that, you know, to get that reach. So that's where it's just so, 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 so powerful. And even if you've only got a small list, this is another really important thing, Alison. Even if you've only got a small list, it's... You don't need a large list. Like I've seen, and and I experienced this. I actually experienced this firsthand. I had a there was a stage in my business. I was doing a launch for a thousand dollar product. We sold forty two of those at a thousand dollars. So we made about forty two thousand from that uh, from that launch. And when I actually dissected where the sales came from. It was about 80 to 90% came from a list of about 180 people that were paid subscribers uh, to my list. So, so I got, let's, let's just call it 80%. I got 80% of my sales from the 180. I made 20% of my sales from the 6,800. Uh, so you can see it's like, it's like the 80-20 rule all in tow. So now if you've got a list, let's say, of 200 people, 300 people, and they are your clients. They are people who know, like, and trust you. And most businesses have this, right? Like most businesses who've been around for a while, you've served you know, 50, 100, 150, 200 people over that time. Then don't think that you need this gadgeton, you know, like $100,000, $200,000 list. 
in order to be able to make money out of them. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Having a small email list, I think too, let me know what you think on this. I'm going down a rabbit hole now. <laughs> Is <laughs> I find with a smaller list, your open rate is higher because you don't have an influx of emails that are going to spam or just never being opened. They haven't opened up your emails in like six months and they've never unsubscribed. You've never cleaned it out, which is like another thing that you probably should do. Someone's not opening up your emails for six months. They shouldn't be on your list. So what is your take on that as far as like open rates and the amount that's on your email list and like cleaning up your email list? Yeah, it, it, it's important to clean up your email list just because it's it's if someone's on your email list and they're not opening, they're not engaging, then the ISPs and people sending the email don't like that. They don't see it as 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 quality of a list. So it's yeah, it's very important to to keep an eye on that and do re-engagement campaigns and that sort of thing with the people who are you know, who are disengaged. And yeah, you're, you're right. Like, and, and the important thing to remember as well is not all list members are created equal. Mm -hmm. So for instance, let's say you're running Facebook ads to a cold list, they're probably not going to be as high quality leads as let's say if someone listens to this podcast and joins my email list, right? Because yeah, if you've listened to someone for an hour or half an hour or something and you've taken it in and then you've joined the email list, you're far more engaged than if you've seen some random Facebook ad right. and then joined it. And I found this, I did an exercise early in the day years ago. And one of the things I did, I looked at who joined my email list from my blog. Yeah, so they were going on my blog and then they were joining my email list and from the Facebook ads. And those joining from my blog were like so much more valuable in terms of the ROI and actually turning into business and, and clients. So that's something to keep in mind too, is not every email subscriber is created equal. And if you've got existing clients, they're obviously going to be more valued, valuable again, and they might not know everything that you do. Right. You know, so like, and they just need a prop and they're like, oh, really? Allison also does this? Oh, wow. I should, I should engage her for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's really true because we are so close to what we do and we have to realize that uh, your audience, even though you've worked with them, they still don't know everything you do. So it's really important for you to be engaged in your list, be telling them and actually tell what you offer. Like, don't be afraid to sell. But my next question following the ideas, once we've utilized AI and we know their fears and their belief system, we got our ideas. But the next piece to that is how do we get people to actually open our emails? Because we know people are inundated with emails. And these days, everyone's signing up for freebies or masterclasses or courses. And then what happens? You're just flooded with emails. On I know I am. <laughs> yes, I need to do a better yes. job of going, okay, I need to unsubscribe from the ones that I'm not engaging with. So how do we get people to open our emails? Well, the number one thing, interestingly enough, because everyone thinks it's subject lines, right? Which And subject lines are important. But the number one thing that people actually look for is they look at the name, right? Mm. So it's the same as if your phone rings, 
the first thing you look at, I mean, you don't have a subject line on the phone, but you look at it and you look at who's calling you. And, you know, maybe if it's your your son or your daughter, you know, you definitely answer the phone, right? Because it's your son or your daughter. If it's, let's say, a work colleague who's, you know, who you know well, you might answer the phone. If it's some random number you don't know, you probably won't answer the phone. So the same applies with email. And that's why it's so important to offer value. You don't have to offer value in every email. You can do the occasional sales pitch and go and and do something you know, where you're where you're pitching directly. But in you know, in 80% of your emails, if you're offering value, and I open that email. And I go, wow, that was really interesting. Well, that sets up a, a chain effect. Next time my email comes into your inbox, I'm more likely to open it up. The same as if every time I call you, Alison, I'm like, I'm adding value to your life or I'm introducing you to someone or I'm connecting you with someone or I'm sending you a client, then you're going to be more likely to take my phone call the next mm. time that I call. And the same applies with email, except it's done, you're doing it to, you know, 100 people at a time, 500, 1,000, 5,000 people all at, you know, all at once. But it's the same human, you know, human nature hasn't changed in hundreds of years, maybe slightly, but we all have the same desires. We all have the same pains. We all have the same fears. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, business owners now struggle with time management uh, and they struggled 20 years ago with time management. There might be different intricacies and nuances to that now, but the pain, the, yeah, the pain and the fears are still the same. So when you're going back to who the email is coming from, so for example, I just put my first name, and then I have like a like a line or a dash, and then it says "boss lady in sweatpants." I feel like I don't need my last name in there because by now they know who I am. But I feel it's more personal. It's coming from a friend. And then I always make sure that their name, their first name is in the email, like, you know, hey, Shannon, or hey, Julie, or hey, Sarah, how's it going? So I use my first name for when they get the email. Is there something that we should not be putting in there? Yeah, I think first name is a really good, really good idea. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not a big fan of putting, let's say, your company name. Like, I think Boss Lady in Sweatpants is fine because that's it's quite personal. It's quite trendy, all that sort of thing. But I wouldn't send it from, for example, you know, if I look at my business name is Copywriting That Sells, for example. I wouldn't send it from Copywriting That Sells because it's very, it's like who is that? You know, who is yeah. copywriting that sells? It's impersonal, that sort of thing. So I think it's really important to build that personal connection with the you know with the reader where they go, ah, oh, it's an it's an email from Allison, and it's also important to have personality in there. This is something that's really important. Is like even if you're using AI to maybe help you, and, and this is. This is an important thing too. Like if you're using AI, one of the most powerful things that I've found is that you you do it via transcripts, right? So that it is it actually has you in it and your personality and your yeah it has it has you in it. So I might ask a question uh, to you, Alison. I might go, oh, what what's the number one way you go about writing content? And then you'll talk about that for two or three minutes. I take the transcript and then I give the AI the right prompt 
and I get the AI to then write an email based off that transcript. So it actually, and then I might even go, hey, these are our, our other blog posts that that Alison has done, and please write it in this sort of in this sort of language. So it sound not only does it sound very much like you, it's unique to your to the way to to your knowledge. Do you know what I mean? It's not just like some sort of because that's a that's a real danger with AI is that yeah, you know, it's like yeah, you know, everything just comes out sounding cookie cutter, boring. Anyone could create it. Um, you know, I mean, what's the point? Because it's a it's a little bit like like these days we've all got the iPhone, right? Right. iPhone can actually take incredible videos. It can take incredible photos. And if you hand that iPhone to someone who knows what they're doing, they will make it. They will make it light up. They will make it look like magic. Uh, but I can't do that, right? I don't have the skills for that. I haven't learned how to do that. Uh, so, but I know people who are professionals at this, and what they can create is just incredible. So it's the same with AI. If you don't know how to use it, you're just going to punch out substandard, not like just vanilla, ordinary copy, which isn't going to connect. And the problem with that is, so is everyone else, because we can all do it now. It's easy to do, you know, to punch out that vanilla, ordinary copy. So all of a sudden, the world gets swamped with swamped with more copy. And the it's it's all supply and demand, right? You don't have the attention to take it all in. So then what you do is you go for the most valuable, valuable content. So if you're not serving up that valuable content, then there's just too much competition out there. And we already experience it now, right? Like we, right. like back when I was growing up, yeah, I mean, I'm making myself sound old now, but you know, <laughs> if I could find a book you know, to read something about, you know, like personal development or something, it was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Whereas now there's like, I mean, there, there's it's not hard to find content about any topic that you want. Right. And I'm so glad you brought that up about AI. I always tell my audience, AI is just a stepping stone and it it's a generator. Like I use AI as like my idea generator, but I'm still in charge of writing the content because I got to make sure that I infuse my experience on the topic and my personality. And I think if yes. you make sure your experience and your personality is in the copy, then it's going to come from you. I mean, we have to remember what AI stands for. Artificial. We are not artificial. We are human. We are real people. And that needs to come across in your copy. So I'm so glad that you said use AI, but make sure you are using it correctly. Now let's yes. get back to the busy mama solopreneur. How do we write content fast without compromising on quality? And my follow-up question to that is, are you a big fan of batching emails? Yeah, yeah, no, no, great, great question. So how do we write email fast without losing quality? Was that the original? Mm -hmm, that was yes. the first one? Yeah, yeah. So so I think, I mean, I, I've never had any issue with writing copy, like with writing emails fast. Yeah, so, uh, but I know there's a lot of people I speak with and they're like, it takes me like two hours to write an email. Yeah, so, so and I'm like, wow, really? You know, like, because <laughs> like, to me, it's so, it's so easy, yeah. So, so the old way I used to do it, was like talk right, talk right. So I would just imagine that I'm talking it 
and then I would just write it and write it very conversationally. You don't have to worry about all the the English language principles that you learnt at at school and all all of that sort of thing. Uh, so you can so you can do it definitely do it that way. Uh, the the way I recommend now is very similar to what I just said. Is is you take it in there, so you work out okay. These are the you know, the six topics I want to talk about, and you list you know you list those you know those those topics, and then you just talk about it. Like we could literally, I could literally take a transcript of this podcast, uh, get it cut up, and turn it into probably five to twenty emails. Right. So, so then, then what I can do, I can put a, I can put a, an email that I really like into the AI and then get the, and then take certain section of that and go, okay, this is a transcript, turn it into an email based off that format. And it can do it. And, and what you've got there is an email. It doesn't mean that you're going to use it word for word. You might go through, you might edit it, you might cut it up, you might do all of those sort of, you know, all of those sort of things with the email. But that's, yeah, that that's how you do it. Now, in terms of batching content, yeah, I think anything in, like, I don't always, because sometimes I'm like, I don't find the time to batch or sometimes I like to go, okay, every morning, like one thing I'm doing at the moment is every morning I just punch out an email first thing. And then that's one of the ways that I've found the best way to, to be consistent but anything you can batch in your business is always better in many not not better but it is more efficient because you get in the thinking zone and I know there's been a lot of studies done like if I'm trying to write an email and then I'm taking a phone call and then I'm going to write 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 an email or and then I'm doing my accounts I'm better off to do to batch everything and I will be more efficient and get things done because I I don't have to switch gears uh so much so yeah yeah well yeah, and i think so. too it depends on like what your niche or business is as far as batching because in my situation i always start with my long form content with the it's the show it's the podcast episodes can't really batch them out if they're not recorded yet if i haven't interacted with <laughs> my guests yet so for me i'm just kind of once a week on the fly but i don't stress over it because I am using my long form content and pulling information and transcripts from there and putting it in my emails, putting it on social. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Like, so I always start with my long form and then I pull bits and pieces out and that's where my email content comes from. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, like if, if you get it, if you get it right, like you should be able to create I mean, you could create a year's worth of content you know, of of emails in a day or two, right? With the with the AI technology and and all of that sort of thing, because they can be created quite you know quite quickly once you get you know once you get into a rhythm and a format and and all of that sort of thing, you know, all of that sort of thing with it. So it just depends on how people like to work. Like some people like to be more, uh, like more like insert like let's say something happens in the world and you can then come in and you can talk about yeah you can apply it your email as a lesson from what happened and that way you're sort of entering that sort of news jacking if you like which you can't do if you if you batch right but then other people are like hey i just want to get this off my plate and so it somewhat depends on your personality as well how you 
how you prefer to yeah pre- prefer to approach it and i don't think there's any right or wrong way it's just yeah finding what works what works for you right exactly what works for you what works for your time management all the good stuff now my next yes. question to you is there like a max or minimum emails we should be sending um in a week or how much yeah. Yeah, I mean, a big concern people have is, I don't want to email my list too much. Well, in my experience, that's not the problem. It's emailing your list too little. Like mm-hmm. I was speaking with someone the other day and they had a massive list. So I talked to, uh, I called a friend of mine who's, he's really good with all the, you know, the really technical aspects of of the list. And he's like, you know, if, they, if you haven't emailed your list for four months, then it's a problem. And the the ISPs and all of the you know the the technical guys in charge of sending it, they don't they don't like it, and your list could just be null and void, like you actually can't use it. So the biggest the biggest risk, like I would say, at an absolute minimum, mailing your list at least once a month. Uh, I I think mo- like I think I think everyone should be doing it once a at least once a week, and like I I did it daily for a long time. I never got, I never got much pushback at all in terms of doing it daily, as long as you do it the right way. Like if I'm constantly knocking on your door and going, "Hey, Allison, you know, like buy from me and do this and do that," and, right, and right. I'm adding zero value, then obviously you're probably not going to be interested in getting those emails. But if it's conversational, if it's friendly, if you've subscribed and you want to, if you've subscribed and you want to learn about email marketing. And then I'm emailing you daily with content. You're unlikely to get upset by that. Uh, so that yeah. So, but I think yeah, definitely weekly. And if you want to go up to daily, I think that that's that's fine, depending on your your schedule and what you're what you're comfortable with. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Before we wrap this up, do you have any last minute like tips or strategies for when it comes to email marketing? I think you know, like like there's there's one little hack that listeners might want to do if you've got an email list, which is it was originated by Dean Jackson, but it's called the nine word email. So it's just something along the lines of particularly if you've had people, yeah, inquire before about your services and not go ahead and things like that, and it's just an email. And you might put quick question in the subject line or just put their first name in the subject line. And it's like, hi, Alison, are you still interested in booking appointments from your email list? Question mark, Scott. So there's no, there's no, nothing else. So it just comes across very uh, personal. It's a quick question. It's easy for them to reply to. And you'll find that that, if you want to just get some belief in email marketing before you before you do anything just try sending something like that out to your list and see what happens because i think you'll find you'll revive a whole heap of gold that's sitting in your you know sitting in your email list and i i look at it like acres of diamonds right like we go out searching for these shiny objects and you know, we're, we're searching all over the world for this this amazing hack or or that sort of thing and it's literally sitting in our in our backyard within our own customer and and prospect list and i think you can also do that too with the nine word email like i'm always thinking of ideas you could even say you know hey are we connected on instagram let's connect 
you know, you just yes. put a little link there and then you need to say, I'll, I will follow you back. Like, let's connect. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that. Those short emails can be really, yeah, can be really, really powerful sort of thing. So yeah, in, incredibly. I, I think it's more powerful to probably do it the other way around and do it on Instagram and say, hey, are you, you know, j- jump on my email list. I've got this report right. because we're pulling them across the email list. Yep. But yeah, like the more omnipresent you can be, the better, right? Like if I'm seeing you on Instagram and I'm seeing you on you now on Facebook and YouTube and TikTok and I'm seeing you all over the place, then the, the, the trust builds up the trust builds up over time. Like there's this, there's this book called They Ask You Answer. And one thing he found, and this was when I, I started, because I come from a direct response background, but after reading this, I'm like, and I read it, I, I can't remember how, it was probably like five, 10 years ago. I was like, oh, there really is something in this whole content thing. Because he said, if someone had absorbed, he was sell, selling swimming pools and he was he was using blogs, but he says if someone had absorbed 30 or more pieces of content, they come, came to a sales meeting, the conversion rate went from 10% up to 80%. So what, what our aim as business owners should be is how do we get people to absorb those the equivalent of 30 pieces of blog content? And that may be through... Wow. You know, like like a one hour video might be might be five the equivalent of five five blogs, right, or ten blogs. Uh, if you can get them to a half day event, then that's the equivalent of of thirty blogs all in there. That's why event based marketing sells so well. If you get them on their email list and you get them to read thirty emails, then the, the trust in you just develops uh, over yeah you know, over that period of time. And then when you do get someone on your on your into a meeting who has done that. It's just a totally different meeting than if someone has just just seen a Facebook ad and booked in mm-hmm. an appointment. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so interesting. That's really cool. Well, this was an awesome conversation today, Scott. Let the listeners know where they can connect with you and see your work. Yeah, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. So so if you listen to this and you'd like to, probably the 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 best thing I'd do to or I'd suggest is. You might want to download, I've got a, uh, it's called the Ultimate AI Email Writing Cheat Sheet. And inside that, you'll get you know three prompts, which will allow you to whip up emails within minutes, even if you're a non-writer. Uh, if you'd like to grab a copy of that, you can go to simpleemailroi.com forward slash AI. Uh, and if you just, if you just like to dig into it a bit more, just go to simpleemail.com roi.com and uh yeah you'll you'll see lots of goodies there and uh, that you can learn about uh email marketing uh for your yeah for your for your business awesome i will make sure that it is in the show notes and thanks again for being here yeah no no you're welcome it's been a been a great chat thanks thanks allison thank you for listening to today's episode can you do me a favor The best way to support me and grow the podcast is by leaving a written review on Apple iTunes. I promise you, I read every review and take them to heart. And don't forget, head to bossladyandsweatpants.com to snag some freebies or hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.